and welcome to the Brazilian BA guest. We are here every week with a different authority on business analysis to share some interesting thoughts with you. If you are not yet subscribed to this channel, please subscribe it and click on the bell. Today, I have a very special author of several books with me. This guy is Scott Embler. Hello, Scott. Thank you for coming. Hi. Yeah, thanks for having me here. It's great to be here. It's an honor. Scott, I do have a question for you today. My question is, what is the career path for a business analyst in the agile world? Yeah, that's a great question. I, uh, I love answering questions like this. So the first answer is, of course, it depends. And it depends on what you want to do. So, you know, so where, you know, where do you want to go with your career? Um, and if you don't know that, then you're going to end up somewhere. I don't know where. Um, but anyways, so let's assume that you've got a pretty good idea what you want to do. The, there's many opportunities. So when I, when I talk to people about the, these sorts of things, um, one of the things I always point out about Agile is that regardless of where you're coming from, there's always room for you. Now, you might have to change a bit. You might have to learn and, and be flexible, but there's always room. And for a BA, there's a lot of room and you've got choices, which can be frustrating. So, you know, some people like just to be told what to do. Um, a lot of people like to be given choices. So what are your choices is, is, a, is a good question. So the first one is if you want to stay focused on being a BA, then what I find is that product, you know, people in the product owner role desperately need BA skills and they need help from people with BA skills, because usually the work of a product owner is far more than, you know, eight hours a day, five days a week. Uh, it's more than a full-time job. So they need assistance. Um, and this is particularly true in very complex domains and when you have geographically distributed stakeholders, right? Because the, the product owner needs to represent the needs of the stakeholders to the team that's working on whatever it is that they're developing to solve the needs of the stakeholders. So, and the product owner needs to represent the work of the team to the stakeholders as well. So they're, they're acting as a go-between. Very similar to a, you know, what a BA does. So anyways, um, product owners need, almost always need assistance from people with business analysis skills. So there's, a, there's an opportunity there. Now, in some organizations, this will this role will be called a, a business analyst or business system analyst or an agile business analyst. You know, it's pretty easy to throw agile in the front on the front of that. And or it might be called a junior product owner or a local product owner. So it, you know, different same basic idea, but a lot of different titles. So that's one option. Another right. option. Let me just okay. add a question about this first option. I always see the difference the, 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 because you said the product owner and the business analyst are very similar in what they do. I see that the main difference between a product owner and a business analyst is that the product owner have the authority to take decisions, while yes. the business analyst is an analyst. He's doing analysis. But it's hard to analyze everything that's necessary to yeah. create a product. So a business analyst should uh, or could help the product owner doing the analysis and, and creating recommendations for that. Is that right? Exactly. Yeah. So and so you, you can look at the you can you can look at that role as as assisting the product owner. And that is absolutely valuable. Um, because, you know, look at it from the point of view of the product owner, they're expected to know, to know everything about the domain, know all the people, be able to prioritize, 
but they got a lot on their plates. There's no possible way you can do that um, in, in, in a reasonably complicated um, project or team. So they need help. So the, so there's, there's roles there for the, uh, for the business analysts. Plus two, um, you know, another good option for a, an existing BA is to become a product owner. So by assisting an existing product owner, you can start picking up product owner skills. They can you know, take you under, your, under their wing and guide you along because um, I'm a firm believer that everybody should be grooming or training their replacements. Um, you know, if I'm a product owner, I should be bringing up more product owners. So and, and BAs are very good options for that. And being a product owner is, is a very interesting role. Um, you get to be a decision maker. You you get to do really valuable stuff and be seen to do very valuable stuff. So there's there's a lot of opportunity there. So um, I've seen a lot of BAs shift into that role. And 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 exactly as you say, I got the way I've I've always described product owner, uh, or at least I had a very quick overview is a product owner is a BA with decision making authority, but without some of the bureaucracy that you see in the traditional BA world. So. One of the one of the challenges for a BA, like a traditional BA at least, moving into the agile world, is to give up on some of the documentation, and um, and good BAs already want to do that anyways, right? So you you know you, you want to have any documentation should be concise, um, should be valuable, all that good sort of stuff. You know, exactly what we talk about in the agile modeling world, and the so the thing is is that um, but there's also other skills. Um, that a BA might want to pick up. So, for example, um, learning how to do acceptance test-driven development or, or behavior-driven development, whatever you want to call that. There's there's slight nuances uh, between those two, but you know, I I'm not that worried about that. <laughs> so I'm really not. Um, it's like arguing about how many angels can dance on the head of a pin. Yeah, it's interesting, but yeah, it doesn't really it doesn't pass through care stuff. So, anyways, um, but. You know, so learning how to do acceptance testing development or behavior development, whatever you want to call that, is is a critical skill from if you're going to be involved with more advanced agile teams because they really do want to skip over the, the detailed documentation and go straight to executable code, and that's what that's what the a, the ATDD is all about um, from a requirements point of view. Uh, and then the third, uh, oh, go ahead. Yes. Uh, 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 Probably you are going to talk about that. I'll just give you the hint for that. But uh, some of the business analysts are, are are not working just in 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 a product development team or in a, in, in the, this horizon of of the delivery, but they are in a more strategic horizon, like looking for a, a strategic business analyst helping organizations to do strategic planning or to 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 think about where are what products should we. Be building or what customer should we be working on what's our business architecture for those kind of bas what is the career path for them in an agile world what is there for them yeah so that, that's a great question so in that case they're probably working with product managers um supporting the product managers as they would have you know at that level rather than supporting product owners at the at the team level um or or working with business architects, you know, as you were implying. So, but it's in the strategy world, it's a different, or, you know, or the high level product management world, it's also a different beast. You want to be running experiments on a regular basis. So creating, uh, you know, minimal viable products, for example, or um, exploring what's known as minimum business increments. So identifying what's the smallest chunk of value that we could deliver 
that a team could deliver to the marketplace to support their customers. And then you, you know, so defining that MBI, the minimum business increment, also sometimes called a, a minimal, uh, 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 oh, I don't remember now, uh, a minimal marketable product um, yeah. or, or minimal marketable feature perhaps, but sort of questionable terminology. But anyways, um, this minimum business increment really is, uh, it really does need to be reasonably defined so that, that way it can be passed down to the product owner who then explores it better and then and then the team um, implements it. So, so there's value, you know, uh, there's a role there, but um, then, it, but then again, once again, that's a different set of skills, right? It'll be more, you know, let's, you know, let's identify a potential MVP. Let's, you know, run, you know, run an experiment in the marketplace with an MVP and then, and then, you know, gather some data, act on that data, evolve it a few times until finally we get an idea of what the customer actually wants. So that's, you know, more, and, you know, an analysis, strategic thinking, implementation thing, rather than just a, a, a pure analysis thing. So uh, once again, so yeah, which is a great role, uh, you, know, you know, a lot of value to be uh, to be generated there and a lot of fun, usually. And, and in this case, as a career path, do you see that ABA should, should look for a project manager uh, role or should, uh, should then look for another kind of role, like, trying to be an executive. Uh, well, well, you started very well when you said if you, that, that Alice Wonderland cats uh, thought if you don't know where you want to go, every path is, is the right path. Uh, I like that. But yeah. what would be the, the best options for a BA that wants to grow in your career? Yeah, so, so, so you know, you could start, um, you know, one option would be, you know, BA to PO to product manager. Or you know, BA to yeah, supporting a product manager in some sort of experimentation role to product manager or to you know to strategy you know strategy person. Uh, the another option could be that I've seen is BA to team lead. So in Dispin Agile, we talk about team lead being a meta role because different types of teams have different types of leads. So a scrum team perhaps is a scrum master, a senior scrum master. Uh, a project team has a project manager. A marketing team has a marketing manager, and so on. So depend, you know. So you know, if you're in a in a reasonably you know interesting role like BA, um, you could decide, hey, I want to work, work my way up the hierarchy and become a team lead. So depending on the type of team you're currently in, you would work towards being that type of lead. So if you're on a project team, maybe you'd work towards becoming a project manager. If you're on a, you know, supporting a marketing team, maybe it's, you'd work your way towards being a marketing manager and so on. So that's, that's the basic idea there. So yeah, so it's, you know, the, it really depends on what you want to do and then start working your way towards that. Right. Just to end this uh, this chat, I know you are the chief leader on the discipline at Agile at PMI, and I would like you just to introduce a very fast leaf for for those who are here interest uh, who have an interest in on that and how the, how could BAs work with that and where can they find more information about it. Yeah, so so Dispin Agile is a toolkit. It's not a framework. So where you know Scrum and Safe and Less and others are you know methods or frameworks, whatever you want to call that, um, they tend to be prescriptive. They have one way of doing things, and they they tell you you know these are our best practices, and you know go forth and do that. In DA, we're a bit more robust than that uh, because we realize that you're unique, your team is unique, your organization is unique. Therefore, you really need a fit for purpose approach. 
Um, and as a result, instead of telling you what to do, we tell you what, what to think about. You need to think about these issues. So for example, we explicitly have uh, what we call a process goal called Explore Scope, which is basically about business analysis when it gets down to it. We have an explicit process blade called uh, product management, which is for the most part about exploring scope at the product level. Um, and of course, implementing, and there's a bunch of other things that to product management, of course. But um, so we tell you, you know, here's, here's what you need to, here's the issues you need to think about. How are we, so for example, it comes to exploring scope, how are we gonna explore usage? How are we gonna explore business processes? How are we gonna explore the data? How are we gonna explore uh, non-functional requirements and so on? And then we give you a collection of options. So where the frameworks might tell you, well, we're agile, therefore go off and write user stories and epics and maybe uh, have a use, user story map or some sort of business canvas. We instead give you, you know, 50 or 60 options and we, and we help you choose between them. Um, because different types of problems are addressed by different types of models and different types of techniques, which is exactly what the IIBA teaches you to do, right? If you if you look at the BA box, there's a big pile of techniques in there um, that you can choose from and, you know, use the right technique in the right situation. And this is exactly what we do in DA, right? We, and But we put things in a context. So we don't believe in best practices. I've never found a best practice. I've been looking for over three decades. I've never ever found a best practice um all practices have advantages and disadvantages so a best practice must have a context for to, to, to be called best right exactly yeah some things work very well in certain contexts and are a spectacularly bad idea in others so if you if you're not taking a context-based approach you just aren't getting it um so yeah don't yeah so if you're looking for some you know tell me the, the 10 best practices or the 10 best techniques that like the methods tell you about, that's just naive, right? That, you know, that works for, in some situations, but it doesn't work in all situations. You've got to choose your way of working and you've got to evolve your way of working as the situation changes. Um, this is what real professionals do. Great. Where can people find the information about the, the discipline and agile? Yeah, so the Discipline Agile Toolkit um, comes from P PMI. So if you if you go to pmi.org um, slash disciplined agile with a hyphen between disciplined and agile, um, you'll get to the hub. But if you, if you go to pmi.org and just do a search on Discipline Agile. I'll put the address here below this video if someone oh, just want to click fantastic. it. I think yeah. it's, it's good for everyone. Scott, thank you very much for coming. It was a pleasure, pleasure and an honor to have you here. Oh, thank, thanks for having me. I, I want to say I love Brazil. It's one of my favorite countries. And I want to give a shout out to the Flam uh, the flamingos in uh, in Rio. They're at that, oh. That's my uh, football team. Thank you very much. Bye bye. Flamingos. <laughs>